This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Good Thursday morning, a scary incident for one of the most powerful people in Washington. Senator Mitch McConnell hospitalized. It is March the 9th. This is Today. Breaking overnight, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell being treated after a fall at a Washington hotel. We're live with the very latest on the accident and what the senator's spokesperson is saying about the condition. Under siege overnight, Russia unleashing its most intense wave of attacks on Ukraine in months. Dozens of missile strikes all across the country, killing at least five people and knocking out power in the capital city of Kyiv. We're live on the front lines. On the move, a massive new winter storm begins its march across the country. Tens of millions set to face even more snow and high winds heading into the weekend. Your full forecast straight ahead. New trouble for Tiger Woods. The golf superstar sued by his former girlfriend for $30 million. The explosive insinuations behind the lawsuit and why she wants a judge to throw out her non-disclosure agreement. All that plus new questions surrounding the disappearance of flight MH370. Nearly a decade later, the search for answers goes on with a new Netflix documentary trying to unravel one of the greatest aviation mysteries of all time. Unforgettable audition, a huge surprise for the voice coaches. Yes, that is Jimmy Fallon putting his talents on display inside the epic chair spin and why only Blake did not bite. Today, Thursday, March 9th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. It's a Thursday morning. So happy that you're with us. Man, I would have turned my chair when I heard that. Well, we were just talking to Jimmy. He can really sing. Yeah. Now, is he singing so well that he gets three turns, chair turns on the voice? Apparently. I like how he harassed Blake. We'll get to Carson. will have the scoop. Let's Carson will have the inside yeah. scoop. Yeah. How real was this moment? Mm-hmm. It was incredibly entertaining. Meanwhile, Dylan, she's on the case this morning, tracking severe weather across the country. 36 million under winter alerts from the Midwest to the North. So what it means for your commute, your travel and your weekend just ahead. But we are going to get started in Washington, where Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is recovering this morning after he tripped and fell at a dinner in D.C. overnight. The 81 year old seen on the Senate floor yesterday, just hours before the accident. For the latest on his condition, we go to NBC's Ryan Nobles on Capitol Hill there. Ryan, what are you learning? Hoda, good morning to you. And a spokesperson for the senator tells us that he is recovering this morning after that trip and fall after a dinner at the Waldorf Astoria here in Washington, D.C. And this came after a lengthy day in the United States Senate where McConnell led a Republican effort to nullify a controversial crime bill that was recently passed in Washington, D.C. Now, McConnell just turned 81 in February. He is the longest serving Republican leader or a leader of either party in the United States Senate. And he has 
has had some health scares in the past. In 2003, he had heart surgery and recovered from that. And he also had a fall in 2019 that led to him fracturing his shoulder. Now, he joins a growing list of senators that are dealing with health issues, including Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania, who's recovering after a bout of clinical depression. That was after he suffered a stroke during his campaign last year. And also Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, who was recently released from the hospital after suffering from a bout of shingles. Now, the Senate is in session today. They do have a busy schedule on tap. There's no word right now whether or not McConnell will be a part of it. Hoda? Yeah, we do wish him a speedy recovery. But what would uh, McConnell's absence mean for the day-to-day work at Capitol Hill? Well, there's two issues here, uh, Hoda. There is the long-term and short-term impacts of McConnell not being in the Senate. In the short term, probably not that big of a deal. There is a tight margin between Republicans and Democrats right now in the United States Senate. But with two Democrats being out as well, that likely won't impact any of the day-to-day votes. The long-term issue is really the bigger problem for Republicans. McConnell is no doubt the leader of this Republican Party. He will guide their negotiations over a number of key issues, including the debt ceiling and then of course, the big showdown over the federal budget, the president announcing his budget here today. McConnell is the point person for, for Republicans in the United States Senate. So if his absence is a lengthy one, that could be a problem for Republicans here on Capitol Hill. Hoda. All right. Ryan Noble for us there at the Capitol. Ryan, thanks. We're also following breaking news from Ukraine overnight. Russian forces unleashing a barrage of missile strikes on a number of cities. One of the largest assaults there in months. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin is in Ukraine for us this morning. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. We woke in the capital, Kyiv, to the sound of a massive explosion, a big boom echoing throughout the streets of the city, part of the 15th massive widespread missile attack targeting Ukraine's energy infrastructure since the start of the war. This morning, thick smoke in the skies over Kyiv, signaling a massive Russian missile attack striking the four corners of Ukraine and lasting more than seven hours. 81 missiles and drones launched from multiple Russian bases, targeting Ukraine's energy infrastructure, according to the Ukrainian armed forces, including six hypersonic missiles. This video apparently showing the moment one struck the capital, knocking out power to 40 percent of the city, according to military and city officials. In Lviv, the strikes were deadly. At least five killed when a rocket fell in a residential area. Rescue workers seemed through the rubble. Overnight missiles also damaging a crucial power line to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, now being run on backup diesel generators for the sixth time in this war. It's the biggest Russian attack in weeks, while fighting in the east remains fierce and brutal. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Zelensky speaking out on CNN, repeating his plea for F-16 fighter jets and revealing new details about his talks with President Biden. President Biden has this position from from his advisors, aides, um, in a military direction that what Ukraine doesn't need at the moment. Uh, and jets, according to that, were not needed. And I said, no, we need those jets. They could help us to to defend ourselves. That's why we need it urgently. It comes amid concerns about the future of the war, with one top U.S. official warning Congress time is not on Ukraine's side. Putin most likely calculates that time works in his favor and that prolonging the war may be his best remaining pathway to eventually securing Russia's strategic interests in Ukraine. 
Meanwhile, Zelensky unequivocal in how he sees this war ending. They have to leave our territory and then only then we can talk about diplomacy. This morning, we heard from the director of the IAEA, the agency charged with monitoring the nuclear situation here in Ukraine. He says that he's concerned. He says that more needs to be done to protect the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, noting that this is the sixth time that power plant has been forced to use diesel generators, saying that he's, quote, concerned that one day our luck will run out. Savannah. Disturbing. All right, Aaron, thank you very much. Here at home, yet another cross-country storm is on the march with cities from the northern plains to New England in its path. Dylan tracking it all for us this morning. Hey, Dylan, good morning. Good morning. morning. There's a lot going on because we have two storms that we're keeping an eye on. The first one uh, is going to bring some snow through the northern plains in the upper Midwest. So we have winter storm uh, watches, advisories, warnings in effect. You can see as we go through the day today, just north of Chicago, more up into Wisconsin, into uh, Minnesota, Iowa. That's where we'll see most of our accumulating snow with some ice stronger storms on the southern side of this whole system. And then it moves through Michigan and then New York, Pennsylvania, as we go into Friday. This will turn into a coastal storm. New York City is kind of right on that line. I think we'll maybe end up with about an inch in New York City itself. But you go north and west and some of the higher elevations, you go up into New England. That's where we'll see more along the lines of accumulating snow. And then this whole storm system will exit as we go into Saturday morning. So I'd say a widespread four inches or so, but you will have some higher amounts. Out near Milwaukee, it could be closer to six. Detroit could be closer to about four to six inches and then scattered higher elevations across upstate New York and into Pennsylvania, where we could see about four to six inches. We also have that big storm system approaching the West Coast this time around. Not so much snow, but rain will become a big issue and we'll have much more on that coming up in our next half hour. Savannah. All right, Dylan, thank you. In the meantime, we are learning more about that deadly kidnapping involving four Americans in Mexico. The investigation revealing now disturbing new details about how they were captured. NBC's Morgan Chesky is in Texas along the southern border this morning. Morgan, good morning. Savannah, good morning. And the more evidence we see, the more chilling this attack becomes. After crossing the border here in Brownsville, new surveillance images show multiple vehicles trailing that white van carrying four Americans inside just minutes before that deadly barrage of gunfire. And this morning, we're learning that a fifth American was very close to joining them. In South Carolina overnight, an emotional vigil near the victim's hometown. Family members of one survivor, Latavia Washington McGee, expect the mother of six back home soon after a trip to Mexico turned into a nightmare. Her mother Barbara telling CNN her devastated daughter watched her longtime friends die. I hope they um, get all of them and, and put them all in jail. In Matamoros on Wednesday, a swarm of Mexican military converging not far from where armed gunmen kidnapped the four Americans. This has new video unveiled a startling twist. Mexico, here we come. Video live streamed on Facebook before the kidnapping appears to show not four, but five people inside the van. A law enforcement source telling NBC another woman also made the trip, but did not cross the border with the others because she did not have proper documentation. Cheryl Orange spoke to the Associated Press, saying that she stayed behind at a motel and they were supposed to return 15 minutes after dropping off Latavia Washington McGee for the cosmetic procedure in Mexico. But she grew worried as time went on and spoke to authorities after not hearing from them. The four who did cross? New images from Mexican authorities show the gunmen trailing their white minivan minutes before they opened fire. 
Additional images appear to show travel documents, luggage, debit cards, and cash that investigators found inside the vehicle. In the aftermath of the attack, Mexican authorities scrambled to several different hospitals for days, trying to track down victims, before finally locating all four inside this wooden shack. After speaking with one victim's family, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham promising, We're going to unleash the fury and might of the United States against these cartels. Morgan, there's now a push to designate cartels as terrorist organizations. What can you tell us about that? What would be the impact? Yeah, Savannah, despite a growing number of lawmakers suggesting that, the White House has since responded in saying that putting that terrorist label on cartels would not give them significantly more authority than they already have. They mentioned sanctions specifically targeting individuals and whole cartel groups as being effective and something that they have at their disposal. In the meantime, we know that a high-level delegation from Washington was already in Mexico to discuss the ongoing fentanyl crisis when this took place. Uh, and that topic of conversation will no doubt shift to this kidnapping later today. Savannah. All right, Morgan Chesky, thank you. For the second time this week, we're hearing about a violent outburst on a commercial flight. This latest case, it involved a passenger on a Southwest plane. They were just starting to board. Anyway, this all comes as the acting chief of the FAA appeared on Capitol Hill to address safety concerns in the skies. NBC's Tom Costello joins us now. Hi, Tom. Yet again, uh, you know, while cases of unruly passengers have started to trend down, the FAA still reports, listen to this, more than six cases every single day of unruly and sometimes dangerous behavior on planes. Just days after that, passenger allegedly tried to stab a crew member on a cross-country flight. We have this new violent incident while the plane was still boarding passengers. No! Do not hit him again! Don't approach me, my friend. Do not hit him again! It's the latest chaotic scene on a U.S. flight, this time before the plane even taxied for takeoff. Get off of it! Stop it! Video from a Southwest Airlines flight, Dallas to Phoenix on Monday, appears to show a man shout at and then hit another passenger. In a statement, Southwest tells NBC News in part, our flight crews are well trained in de-escalation and we commend them for managing the situation. I will kill every man on this plane. Just 24 hours earlier, another passenger became violent on a United flight. Investigators say that man made threats, tried to open an emergency door, and attacked a flight attendant with a broken metal spoon before other passengers subdued him. On Wednesday, the acting FAA administrator speaking to lawmakers about aviation safety. So what would have happened if he had succeeded in opening the door mid-flight? He would not have been able to open the door in flight uh, while it's pressurized. Well, rare, this week's episodes highlight the threats flight crews are facing. Flight attendants are routinely offered voluntary defense training led by air marshals. Pretend like you got a bug under this foot. Squash it. Squash it. There it is. Air marshals are not on every flight, and the TSA chief says even when they are, it's not always their job to intervene. Our concern is somebody trying to hijack an aircraft um, or do um, damage to that might be catastrophic to that aircraft overall. We don't want all eyes going on somebody that's engaged in a physical assault. The FAA has a zero-tolerance policy for unruly behavior with PSA, billboard, and meme reminders. Perhaps best summed up by Granny, don't embarrass me. I raised you better than to act that way. 
Police did not make any arrests in the Dallas incident, but anybody who acts up on a plane can face fines of up to $37,000 per violation and then criminal charges and banned for life by that airline. Now, the nation's largest flight attendant's union wants to push for a federal version of that ban. So if you're banned on one airline, you'd be banned on all. That right now is before Congress for consideration. Guys, back to you. All right. Tom Costello for us there in D.C. Tom, thanks. All right. Let's head back over to Dylan. (laughs) All right. We've got so much going on in the weather department. So let me just break it down for you quickly. Again, we've got strong storms possible on the southern plains along uh, areas to the north of that whole storm system. We could see significant amounts of snow, about four to six inches possible across Wisconsin. And then uh, out on the west coast, we're waiting for the next big storm to make its way on shore. We will see some high elevation snow, but rain is going to be a big concern with some flooding, too. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Thank you. Uh, Still ahead. Tiger Woods personal life. Under scrutiny, once again, the golf superstar facing a $30 million lawsuit from his ex-girlfriend, Kaylee Hartung's following that story for us. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, good morning, guys. Tiger Woods has been quietly caught up in this messy breakup for months, but now his ex-girlfriend wants to break her silence. Coming up, we'll tell you about the new court documents that are taking their legal battle public. Plus, it is one of aviation's greatest unsolved mysteries, the disappearance of flight MH370 and the 239 people on board inside the nearly decade-long search for answers and the Netflix documentary that sheds new light on the case. It's just ahead. But first, this is Today on NBC. This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at Paycor.com slash leaders. That's P-A-Y-C-O-R dot com slash leaders. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed what a moment <laughs> Seven thirty now it's got to be one of the most unforgettable blind editions in the history of the voice jimmy fallon surprises the coaches with his rendition of a michael mcdonald classic we had to get Carson in here early because, yeah. first yeah. of all, you never tell us anything. Yeah, right. You come back from The Voice. You didn't say that this didn't happened. Well, I want to tell you, it was a great moment. It happened in real time. It yeah. was incredible. But was it? Re- did they yeah. really no, not? They, they know? They didn't know it was him. They did not they know. Did, it was did him. Not yeah, know. They did not know. Okay. They did not know. He shoots. That's my chair. jam right across from The Voice. Yes. yes. That's my jam. Is on after The Voice. Okay. Uh, last night. Yeah. So we thought it'd just be a fun thing to do. He did it. They had no idea. So that's Kelly really turned. Shocked. 
everybody Did they really hurt? Like, oh my god! <laughs> yes, like we don't mess with them in their world. I mean, they, the, when the blind auditions start, they see over a hundred people. Yeah, okay. and it's it's important business. We took a pause, had a fun visitor stop by. They had no idea what was going on, and that was all real. How about wow. Blake? Blake was the only one who didn't turn. Blake probably thought it was Michael McDonald. I mean, Blake, Blake knows nothing. No, they didn't. That was fun. Though. Yeah, that was yeah. really Jimmy cool. was great, by the way. Like, oh, that really was cool. He would have gotten shares of turn for sure. What, right. Well, he is an amazing singer. Yeah, we were we just loved talking him about that. that. Thank right. you, Carson. You're welcome. we got a lot to get to, by the way, this half hour, in starting with a new controversy surrounding superstar golfer Tiger Woods. Yeah, a lawsuit filed by his ex-girlfriend asks a Florida judge to cancel her non-disclosure agreement with Woods, and she cites a law which protects victims of sexual harassment and assault. NBC's Kaylee Hartung is here with more on this. Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, Tiger Woods' scandalous fall from grace was well-documented. But ever since a terrible car accident nearly cost him his career two years ago, his remarkable recovery has captured the headlines. Now, the golf legend is facing serious new challenges in court from his longtime girlfriend. This morning, explosive insinuations against Tiger Woods from his ex-girlfriend, Erica Herman. In a new lawsuit, Herman, who began dating Woods in 2017, asked to be released from her non-disclosure agreement with him. She claims their NDA is unenforceable and should be nullified, citing the Speak Out Act, a federal law protecting victims of sexual harassment and assault. Herman sued asked the court to void the NDA so she can share her own experiences, photographs, and recordings of herself related to various legal claims she believes she has. This comes after Herman filed a $30 million civil suit against Woods' trust in October, alleging after they broke up, he locked her out of his Florida mansion where she'd been living, claiming by trickery his agents convinced her to pack her suitcase for a short vacation, and when she arrived at the airport, they told her she'd been locked out of her residence. The suit alleges this was a violation of an oral tenancy agreement between them that allowed her to live at Woods' home for 11 years. In court documents, Woods fired back, alleging their tenancy agreement was only good for less than a year. We reached out to Woods and Herman for comment, but haven't heard back. Herman was a former manager at Woods Restaurant in Jupiter, Florida. Over their nearly six-year relationship, she's been by his side at golf tournaments, embracing his children and appearing in photos with his family. The driver of this vehicle identified as Tiger Woods. After Woods' horrific car crash in 2021, she visited him in the hospital. Just last spring, Woods mentioned her in his speech at the Golf Hall of Fame Awards. I just want to say thank you to my mom, Sam, Erica, Charlie. Woods' personal life has long been under scrutiny. In 2010, his wife and mother of his two kids, Elon Nordegren, filed for divorce after Woods entered rehab for sex addiction. He apologized to his family upon his release. I thought I could get away with whatever I wanted to. Now, the golf great's personal life making headlines again as disputes in his latest relationship play out in court. Woods and Herman have been quietly caught up in this messy legal battle for months. It's only now just coming to light because of these new documents. Woods has until the end of March to respond to Herman's latest complaint. Guys. All right, Kaylee, thank you. We want to turn now to NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. And we need you because this is actually quite complicated. It's messy. So let's go issue by issue. The first issue has to do with arbitration. She does not want to settle her legal claims via arbitration. Explain what it is and why she doesn't want that. Right. Arbitration agreements are super common. There's nothing inherently bad about them. They're just used to settle disputes, but it's out of court. There's no jury. There's not the same rules of evidence. And usually the employer is the one who picks 
the arbitrator. And so people think that they're stacked against the employee. In this case, of course, she would rather have her day in court. She'd rather have a jury trial. She'd rather be able to have this whole thing made public. Typically, arbitrations are happening behind closed doors. She doesn't want that. Okay. And for a public figure, this is a quite uh, important and weighty matter. Okay. Issue number two, and this is the one that's potentially explosive. She wants out of her NDA, this non-disclosure agreement that she had with Tiger Woods. And the law she cites to release her from that NDA says you can do it if you invoke sexual harassment or sexual abuse. Yeah. What is the implication of this? Well, so it's sort of an insinuation, but without a lot of facts for us to go on, right? She's invoked the statute, and the statute has no other purpose. It is only used in cases of sexual harassment and sexual abuse. And so the implication there is obviously she has grounds to invoke the statute, but we don't know enough about why. And I think pretty soon a judge is going to want to know exactly how do you think that you can get out of this NDA if you, you, you know, you need to have some factual inter- underpinning there, and she's going to have to prove that up pretty quick. She will have to do that before a judge. And she says she's got photographs and evidence. The judge will say, all right, well, let's let's see what you have. I mean, separately, though, this is all taking place within the context of this dispute they have about her getting kicked out of the house and whether there's a landlord tenant relationship, this whole like legal world. If she's got a sexual harassment or a sexual abuse claim, could she go file a police report? or file a, a civil lawsuit Absolutely. right now? Absolutely. Is there anything preventing her? Nothing preventing Not the NDA, that. not anything? Nothing. And we should be crystal clear about that. There's nothing that would stop her from filing a police report today. Of course, like you couldn't have an agreement that said you couldn't file a criminal complaint against What somebody. about a civil suit? She could do that as well because the, the Speak Out Act that's just recently passed says that's totally fine. If the st- dispute is about sexual harassment or sexual assault, she can file that again today. Nothing stops her from so, doing that. Now, he might say she has no grounds, she should lose. But as long as there's a dispute, that's the key there, then she's fine. So where is this headed exactly? I mean, is this yeah. is this like legal maneuvering behind the scenes that's kind of three levels of chess? It's hard to know because we don't we don't know yet all the facts here. And I think that's what, what makes it so hard. And a lot of this may play out behind closed doors because of the, the NDA. She may say, I don't want to file a police report. I'm afraid of getting sued over it. She may decide to, to be on the airs on the side of caution. And so we won't see all of this, I think, for quite some time. Okay. All right, Laura, a significant move, though. though. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Coming up, guys, we're going to meet the groundbreakers behind a history-making surgery, the first all-female team to perform a heart transplant. Even their patient was a woman. But first, a new search for answers in the nearly decade-long mystery of flight MH370. Keir Simmons with that story. Hey, Savannah, folks who've watched the show for a decade will remember I was there reporting on the disappearance of MH370. You have to pinch yourself that there are still questions. That's in just a few. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. 
Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. Back now, 741. This morning on In-Depth Today, new interest and intrigue surrounding one of the greatest mysteries in aviation history. I can't believe it, but it's been nine years and one day exactly since Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 vanished without a trace. And to this day, its disappearance remains unsolved. A new docuseries on Netflix is taking a closer look at the case. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, has more on that. Hey, Keir, good morning. Hey, Hoda. Hey, Savannah. Good morning to you. You know, there are theories about what happened to MH370 and there are conspiracy theories. Overnight, I watched every episode of this new docuseries and I've got to tell you, it gives you them all, no matter how outlandish. Surreal for me because I was there reporting just days after the plane disappeared. For those of us covering the story then, we never imagined that nine years on, there'd still be so many questions. Among the greatest aviation mysteries of all time, MH370 disappeared nine years ago. The Malaysia Airlines passenger plane and all 239 people on board never seen again. Now, a new three-part Netflix docuseries explores the many theories surrounding what happened, ranging from the rational to the unbelievable. A Boeing 777. MH370 was a red-eye from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. It took off at 12.41am, its last cryptic communication just 38 minutes later. Then at 2.22am, the plane suddenly and inexplicably went dark. In 2014, I reported on the desperate and ultimately doomed search for survivors. We're in the cockpit of a P3 Orion flying at about 500 feet looking for flight 370 and it is an extraordinary expanse of ocean out there. Nine years on, a widely accepted account is that the plane banked left, then flew south across the Indian Ocean for six hours before disappearing. The extensive two-and-a-half-year search that followed, never finding any trace of it. Since then, pieces of the plane have washed up on beaches. The Netflix docuseries features devastated victims' families. It also portrays how social media, with its then-expanding influence, helped fuel conspiracy theories. One theory is that the pilot deliberately diverted the plane, having practiced on a home simulator, but the series says there is little evidence of that. The fascination with MH370 continues. A passenger jet on a routine flight. There on the radar one minute, gone the next. Such a mystery, Kira. They found parts of the plane, but they never found the bulk of it. Do you think that this will kind of renew interest to go looking for the rest of the plane? Well, you know, Hoda, the families of the missing have pushed for a renewed search, not just because, of course, they want answers, but because they say it's in the interest of aviation safety to understand what happened. Hoda, the Australian government has said it will never, quote, close the book on MH370, while one seabed exploration firm from the US says it's in talks to mount a new search, though they say there is a lot of work to be done. Just keep in mind, Hoda, the area of the ocean we're talking about has been described as larger than the continental United States, while against all the odds, the families continue to hope. 
Pauda. All right. Kier Simmons for us there. Kier, thank you. All right. It mm-hmm. is quarter till. Let's mm-hmm. get another check of the weather. Yeah, and things are pretty wild out in California. And mm-hmm. we are going to have a developing situation, not because of more snow, but because of rain that's going to fall on top of the snow. So here's the Sierra Nevada mountain range. The snowpack on it is about 16 feet deep. Now, we are going to see this next storm system really bring in more rain than snow because the temperatures will be on the warmer side. So as we go through the day, the snow level, meaning where you'll get snow, is above 3,000 feet. But watch what happens as we go through the day today into tomorrow. The area where we'll see the snow goes above 6,000 feet. So you have all of this part of the mountains here where we are covered in snow and you're going to get torrential rain, perhaps about six to eight inches of rain. The snow absorbs that rain like a sponge. It makes it very, very heavy on roofs. So that could lead to some building collapses. And it's also going to cause a lot of runoff down the mountains into the foothills and eventually into the rivers. So you're going to see those rivers rise very, very rapidly, and that could lead to some significant flooding. So again, we are looking at about six to eight inches of rain in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountain range along the coast, still looking at flooding because of six to 10 inches of rain falling on top of already saturated ground. But then you go above 8,000 feet, and that's where we could end up with another two to six feet of snow in some of the higher elevations. So a lot going on with this next storm system today and tomorrow. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Uh, still ahead spring allergy season starting pretty early this year. It's going to last longer than we're used to. We're going to have expert advice on how you can manage your symptoms. But first, we just love military family reunions. We've got one coming up on Hoda's Boost. You do not want to miss right after this. Welcome back. We got Carson back yes. and just in time for the boost. This is perfect timing, Carson. All right, yeah. there's nothing better than a surprise when you least expect it, especially when it's a loved one coming home early after several months away. It's great every time. 13-year-old Colby right there in the blue sweatshirt. You can see he's over the moon when his cousin Bobby came home to New Hampshire. He was deployed in the Middle East. Colby's mom says that the cousins are so close. They spent almost every day together before Bobby left for duty with the National Guard. That is so instant reaction. We call that the koala hug. You know, where it's like arms and legs, and it's just so... And shout out to the 13-year-old for under the hood of the car, fixing something, he knew something was wrong. Yeah, learning some skills. I like that. What's coming up? Guys, a lot coming up, actually. We got the return of Ted Lasso. The question is, is is this going to be the hit show's uh, last and final season? You're going to want to hear what the cast is saying about that. Oh, we're going to get a visit from them soon, too. Plus, the amazing Carrie Washington paying us a visit right here today to chat about her new show, her upcoming memoir, and what she is doing to honor other remarkable women. Lots to talk to Carrie about. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. 